Joe Ledsom is a clinician scientist at Google Japan after formerly working at DeepMind. He started his career off as a doctor before migrating to research and eventually coming to his current position. He's worked on some of the most influential medical deep learning papers to date, published in the likes of Nature. For many nerds in medicine, he's living the dream. He was recommended to me by Piers Keen, who I spoke to on episode 10, who described him as simply exceptional. We talk about how Joe started working for DeepMind and then Google, how he actively seeks out fields he's uncomfortable with, how The Simpsons influences life philosophy, why he wakes up at 2am, and what he believes are the dark horses in this field. I hope you enjoy. Joe, could you tell me about your story? So maybe just start from the beginning and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so well, I'll start where I am now um, and then work back from the beginning. So I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm a clinician. I'm also a researcher in artificial intelligence. Um, and I, I currently work for Google Japan. Uh, but but yes, I've taken a few interesting turns to get here. So I originally trained as as a as a doctor, and, and I thought I was going to be a, a academic radiologist. So I got involved in uh, in research during my medical school days, uh, mostly in computational analysis of MRI. And then, as I once I graduated, I carried on this project. Um, I was doing a bunch of work with with at that time a Japanese hospital. And it became really obvious that when you went to conferences, like the same thing was presented uh, year in, year out, the same, like almost paragraphs of the discussion in different research papers were just lifted from paper to paper, like, you know, and then this could be used for this and future work should do this. And it's like, well, is anyone really going to do it? And and it, it was around also the same time that deep learning was becoming uh, like a really big thing in medicine. So this was sort of 2013-ish. And it seemed like the work that I was doing in computational analysis was going to be almost completely superseded by deep learning. And, and it was then picking, well, what, you know, should I do a PhD? Should I kind of focus more in a particular area that deep learning was like the natural thing to go into? So I, I got involved in this. I got sort of did a bit of reading on my own, did a few courses, um, had the full intention of doing a PhD at UCL. And at the very beginning of, of this uh, even before I signed on, um, I, I was introduced to DeepMind initially as a way of, of sort of funding the research work I was doing at UCL. And DeepMind was this exciting company that was setting up a, um, a, a team to apply artificial intelligence to healthcare, both imaging, health records, and a bunch of other stuff. And it, it seemed kind of too good an opportunity to pass up on. And, and I was like, well, I could do the PhD, and then in four years... Um, you know, maybe this job will still be here, maybe it won't be, or I could just skip that whole process and go and do this now. So I sort of learned a lot on the job, um, had a fantastic time, worked with some amazing people. Um, and during my time at DeepMind, I, so I helped build up a whole bunch of different projects, um, doing lots of different roles, nominally a clinician scientist role, but working across you know everything from kind of essentially from coding to business development you know and and that was very exciting i then moved to uh when the DeepMind science team was set up set up um that again was a very cool uh very cool job because it was sort of the, the mandate was like go and find something that will win a, a Nobel prize right so go and start um, a bunch of different projects and so 
these are these are things that I can't talk about so much here um, because the the publications haven't yet been um, that they're still still ongoing. But that again was sort of looking more at the the scientific basic science application with a view with a healthcare outlook. And so then my my now my current role in in Google Japan kind of combines all of these asp- aspects of my of my career so far. We we are looking at how we can move a lot of this research into into deployments. We're looking at um, where there are basic science research projects that might be interesting. And and so there's kind of all of these aspects um, that I've I've been involved in with a view of you know how do we fundamentally improve and, and um, change the way that healthcare works. And so I'm I'm super excited about the next next chapter. But I'm really also very excited about a lot of the work that I've I've done so far. And I'm you know super super happy to talk to you about it as well. Your work at DeepMind, it almost sounds like Google X and uh, is it AstroTeller? And is it is it literally that they say to you, just go do whatever looks cool and yep, and we'll fund it? Is that literally how it works? So I think there's there's like a couple of here is what we want to achieve at a high level. Um, and that's always going to be surrounded around impact. So, uh, you know, ideally impact in the real world. So, so exciting research that has um, in some way at least from the work that I was doing, that, that has a, a real-world application that you know potentially could change things. And so for healthcare, this was sort of very focused around health, patient impact. So a lot of it was like, well, we could do these thousand different things, but which of which is the one that would really address a particular unmet need? Um, you know, which is the one where if we you know really put a big team um, working on this, that we could. Uh, the, the, the end result will be something that is is genuinely useful and can genuinely you know, impact positively people's lives. And yet that that essentially was the same basic principle, whether this was uh, a project focusing purely on healthcare or whether it was something focusing more at a basic science level or, or if it was a you know, even a more fundamental um, methods paper focusing on a particular um, architecture to be applied that that could then be applied for impact like it it still needed to link to to something in the real world and i think there was a lot of a lot of uh discussions and a lot of support to really get a an idea that might have been half baked to to a stage where it really could be uh turned into a project like this so i i, I wouldn't say it's a free-for-all but it's there's definitely a lot of freedom at the idea stage um and then a lot of support to take that idea to to something more impactful so Joe, can you take me back even further? How did you how did you go from being a um, humble doctor or medical student to getting into all this kind of world? So I've I've always been interested in sort of reading outside of what I I'm supposed to be reading. Um so I, like I was thinking a lot about your you you gave me this warning um before like one of the questions will be, you know, what, what book do you recommend? And I was like, well, you know the the books that have have influenced me the most are the books that I like just probably shouldn't have been reading. So you know I would I would um, get books out on economics or on journalism or on physics, um, and and you know maybe I wouldn't understand like ninety percent of the book, but whatever it it was kind of some additional thing to supplement you know to change how I viewed then the the research questions that I was confronted with in medicine. And you know it was the same process that that got me into um, in, into so actually into research in the first place. So I, I intercalated in medical physics, and the reason I intercalated in medical physics was because I was uh, really crap at physics, 
it was like the worst subject when I, when I did my uh, GCSEs, I dropped it for A-levels and then it was like, I don't want to do physics ever again. Um, and then I got this opportunity to intercalate and it's like, well, what can I not do? What, what, what is going to be the thing that actually I, I need, I, sh I could learn from because I, I don't want to do something I already know. Um, and so, so physics was the, the thing I chose and that ended up being, you know, really interesting because I knew nothing. I was, um, a complete idiot again. Um, but that also meant I could ask lots of interesting questions and, and eventually got involved in, in the research work in the computational, um, analysis piece. Um, and, and that just sort of went, you know, we had one paper, I wrote to a bunch of hospitals, like, can I apply this with you? Do you have a data set? Um, and again, before before the days of machine learning, but it's sort of it's really the same principle each time. Like when I'm I'm looking, I enjoy learning new things, and I kind of try and pick the most random thing that is furthest away from what I can currently do. How is that cross pollination and reading a bit broader? How has that kind of helps you along the way? I mean, I, I think the the group of papers that we're talking about now, or, or you know, that that I've I've um, worked on with DeepMind are are almost exactly this type of cross pollination. Like they they require they are the intersection of clinical medicine and um, and deep learning. And so, you know, I found it incredibly useful to be a person who knows a very small amount about both, um, working you know, independently with teams who know an awful lot about one of them specifically. Your job at Google Japan and your previous job at DeepMind, to me, it sounds like the best job in the world. So two questions. First, is it the best job in the world? And second, can you talk about what your average day looks like? Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, they are fantastic. Both jobs have been absolutely fantastic. Um, I think you know, DeepMind, I've, I've only just moved on from and, and you know, DeepMind is a really incredible company. And, and again, it's with all of this, it's it's the focus on people. So I think the actual functions of the jobs, like what I'm doing, again, having the, the opportunity to really spend an awful lot of time thinking about what the future should look like and, you know, how we get there is, is a, you know, huge privilege. Um, but, you know, e equally like the, the focus of both of these organizations on, on um, the sort of individual person and making sure that you're in a state where where you can do that kind of research again is is fantastic so yeah i mean I, i'm very privileged there in terms of, so so how how do you get there again i think so i i kind of feel myself in my own situation it was like um there's this great quote from the simpsons which is like uh you know the two two greatest words in the english language default um and it's like i was just in the right place at the right time i happened to be a person who had um, a little bit of knowledge in both areas. Um, but I think it really goes back to to the point that i've I've mentioned before. Like you shouldn't I don't think it's helpful to to pick out here is this great company. I want to work for them. Um, how how exactly can I get there? And I think it's more like what do you want to do? so what is what is interesting to you? Um, and and just I, I think just pursue this like what what are you interested in go real really deep into that and then you know frame the problems that you're faced with and the questions you're faced with with within the context of the things you know that the knowledge that you've assimilated and and that won't always be successful but you know it's it's kind of about catching the wave right at, at some point um if you're if you're living your life with this mindset 
a wave will come along and you'll be prepared to catch it because you've you followed this mantra does it feel like you're on on the front of a massive wave when you're going to work and doing your projects i think yeah i think with with an, an awful lot of other people so again this is not i think that the field is moving as as a whole with an awful lot of companies um and you know i'm happy to have been able to contribute a little bit to this but there's a huge number of people doing incredible work and i think one of the i mean one of the benefits that i see from google in particular is is that we can uh, alongside the work that we're you know doing developing um sort of models and products for for healthcare we can also enable many others um through funding or through um the you know the open source software etc and so like I think increasingly as I moved um, into Google, I learned more about the business. Like I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm quite, it, quite proud to be sort of part of this uh, wider piece, right. As well, where it really, it, it isn't just about being the one person riding this wave, doing something very cool. It's, it's like enabling everyone to ride this wave. Can you talk me through your average day or your average week? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, at the moment, it's a little bit different, right? Because of COVID. But um, so, so my average day at the moment starts at 2 a.m. Um, because I work on Japan time for the first half of the day. Um, so I'll have like intermediate meetings between like 2 and 7. Um, I'll take a break. I'll have a few more meetings at 9. Um, and then I have like the rest of the day to um, to sort of really do what I want to do. And this... So it's it's a little bit hardcore at the moment, but it does mean I have a huge amount of time to sort of read a lot about different areas. Um, and so recently I've been reading a lot about healthcare, you know, how in my case in, in the Japanese healthcare system works, but in, in a lot more depth than I've had a chance to do over, you know, over the last three or four years. So I, you know, I can look at, you know, not just one, you know, specific areas in medical imaging, but you know, really understand well how the different you know uh, sections of a healthcare system work together. How does public health um, really work? Who sets the policy? You know, how do the financial incentives work there versus the US versus the UK? Um, and you know, how does that relate to you know whether different things? Are, you know, what, what are the unmet needs? And I think this is really interesting because you can then uncover, well, you know, in the, these countries, here are the unmet needs, here is how can you can best support patients. That is completely different between, you know, Japan and the US, for example. And so that, you know, that at the moment would be my afternoon, right? But then in, you know, next week, I might spend time reviewing papers. And so going deep into, you know, more specific, yeah, AI applied to healthcare papers, or, or again, you know, dive into a completely different area again. So it's, it's, it's very varied, but that's yeah, that's my currently kind of weird COVID day. I I read a paper recently uh, that I came across. It's a 2004 paper, and I think you might have seen it because it's quite famous. But it it's it's called something like "Why Most Research Findings Are False" or something like that. And in the paper, one of the main points is that the hotter a scientific field, the less likely the findings in that field are to be true, and. I'm not saying this specifically about the kind of research you do, but in general, in the machine learning and medicine kind of world, obviously that's extremely hot right now. What's your, what's your kind of overall feeling about the state of the research in this field? Is it, I mean, is it good? 
Yeah, so that's a super interesting question. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I think false is a very strong term. Um, I, I think you have to, you have to go beyond the headline. So I think an awful lot of the papers in deep learning, um, specifically in the, in the healthcare space, will, will be hyped up more in the media um, and with headlines than, than, you know, than maybe they should be. But, when you read how people are discussing them and how people are engaging at conferences, like again, it's it's the sort of incremental progress towards a, a shared goal, which is how you know how research would work. So, you know, and, and I think within any field, you'll get good papers and bad papers, um, and and you'll often there'll be you know papers where there are bits that are good and bits that are bad, and I think that's just you know that's just part of research. There's definitely areas we could improve, right? Like. The field hasn't focused as much on on bias and on diversity as it should have done. Um, there's a lot more consideration we need to do uh, towards AI safety and towards sort of understanding as well how um, people will engage with, you know, particularly with with models and and how we avoid, um, you know, how we make sure that that clinicians are making the right decision based on on information and, and that we're not displaying you know, th- uh, an output in in a way that might bias them. But I and I and I think these are I wouldn't necessarily say they are failures of existing papers, but they're areas where more research is needed for sure. So a lot of the work you've done is surrounding image analysis um, and using machine learning models for that. What I'm really curious about is what do you see as the next wave? What where are the dark horses? Where are people do you think not paying enough attention to, which you could see um, really being big in the field? So definitely. A year and a half ago, two years ago, I would have said uh, basic sciences, um, and I think that's still kind of true. Um, so, so that the the work on I trying to identify novel biomarkers um, is, and and you know how we improve or, or better use metabolomics, how we better use um, you know emerging fields of medicine like microbiome uh, information. Uh, and and I, I guess to a lesser degree, drug discovery as well. This the field for these type of questions is where the field for image analysis was, um, like like five years ago. Um, and so I, th- I think that's you know I know it's it's not medical imaging specifically, but um, where if I was saying like the hottest area, I would say probably um, if I was looking at, at going into something very specific uh, now, then maybe yeah, looking at metabolomics, looking at microbiome. Um, would be an area I think uh, is a lot of progress could be made, and and particularly where you have sort of multimodal data sets. So you know, a what particular example that um, I, I don't know if anyone is working on, but it would be super interesting. Would be um, you know trying to you know, understand the impact of the microbiome on you know on on a person's physiology, and and whether there is a you know whether there is a way to to you know produce a data set that allows machine learning to to really do anything there and you know maybe that would be through biobanks um but I, I again that's that's one of many ideas when you're approaching problems in in medicine um from your perspective from google japan or DeepMind, is it the case where you're looking for problems in medicine and then thinking how do we solve this what can we use to solve this or is it a case is it kind of a tech first a scenario where you're thinking okay these are new capabilities that are coming out in the next year or two where can we apply these to benefit the most people like do you get what i mean like wh- which which approach are you using more i think it's a bit of 
bit of both. I think the focus, yeah, I think the focus is is more on what can help the most people, and and I guess this is summed up in this this sort of lovely kind of quote: "Fall in love with the problem, not the solution." And and so yeah, there's there's for sure the main focus is is kind of where are the unmet needs? How can you improve the quality of healthcare with you know in in, in a way where like there's it, it's really the right place for someone like Google to to input on. That you know, that said, I've definitely been involved in in papers more focusing on kind of fundamental methods and understanding their their application to healthcare, and so there's there probably is a need to to look at both. So you must read a lot of um, machine learning and medicine type papers, and my question to you is: I'm someone who's medical, but I don't understand a lot. How can I get better at reading those papers? Because when you open a paper like that up. Um, it's a bit confusing. It's a bit overwhelming, um, especially if you then go into the appendix as well. How can you start having a stab at those papers and understanding them? So I think review articles are super helpful here. I always, so I always recommend uh, one of my colleagues in DeepMind, uh, a guy called Giga Avsek. He he wrote this uh, a review for Nature Genetics on deep learning in in genomics, and although it's more tailored to to genetic information like their explanation of of how the machine learning techniques work the diagrams in there um this is a really great article to just understand um some of the basics and then yeah i mean reviews of there's a lot of surveys on deep learning applied in medical imaging surveys on deep learning applied to ehr to to just understand the type of of questions people are asking and then i think after you've read a few of these then you can start to sort of pass a little bit of information. And then it's just a case of like realizing that you won't understand everything in a paper. There's very few papers that I read where I really understand everything. But, you know, you you read and you reread uh, and you kind of understand the basic concepts. And it, it kind of, as well, I think it's useful to realize that not everything is super well written um, because most of the people who write them are not professional writers, they're researchers. Um, and so it does. It definitely does take time learning the type of things people are considering in a particular field that then allows you to pass that information from a paper. But yeah, it's it's just a case of perseverance, I think, and, and reading review articles to get more of a basic grounding. What's the biggest misconception or untrue thing that you see a lot of people um, thinking in, in in this field? So I guess the the classic is. The classic one is that the models are really that that improving your model will improve your performance, or, or that more data as well. So, so better models or more data is really going to make a difference. Like you should focusing on the quality of of a, of a particular data set is much more important than um, just adding lots and lots more or, or just spending you know, lots of time um, tuning a model. Um, and so, we spent with all of our projects, we spent a lot of time really understanding a particular data set. You know, really focusing on on um on making sure that the information we did include in in a in a data set was as reliable as possible and the the great example there that i'm sure you know maybe pierce who you had on your podcast a while back um i think he might have said as well that that this collaboration started with something like 1.3 million oct scans and by the time we'd found the the set that matched the particular use case we cared about where the unmet need was where we you know filtered out that only those which had sufficient quality that had um 
you know, reliable enough labels or information on which we could base reliable enough labels, it was down to something like, um, you know, 15,000 images all the way from like 1.3 million. And so that, that was a long process of kind of figuring out exactly what we wanted to do, but it, it's, it's again, a really stark example of why data set amount is not as, as important as data set quality. The typical thought would be for someone with your kind of skills to go and start their own startup. Why was it that you chose to start working at DeepMind and Google Health and not go down that track? I think the, I mean, I think that's a really easy answer. Like the people that I was able to work with at DeepMind were in in my mind, the right people to be working with. Um, everyone is fantastically talented. They're people that you know, if, if you were to try and hire you know, this type of team from a startup, you would spend, you know, years and years and years just looking for, for these people. Um, and you would never do any work. And so I, like, I think for me, it was a really, you know, if, if I'm looking at how, how one, you know, how do I grow you know, myself? And then two, how do I really ensure that, that I'm going to do something that is, um, that is impactful and, and that works. And, and I think that's, you know, being around this particular group of people. Um, and so I found that, throughout my career right that the most important thing is is really making sure that you're working with a, a really good team and and for me uh, i found that at DeepMind and and now at google as well what books would you recommend reading so one of the thing papers not papers one of the books that I've, i found really useful recently was um uh so a book on genomics i'm actually gonna have to look up who the author was i know you gave me warning about this as well it's like sitting <laughs> Arthur Lesk, genomics. Uh, it, it's a, a book by Arthur Lesk. It's, it's like quite deep into genomics, but I found this super interesting um, and super insightful because it, it was something that you know, I think is wasn't missing from my medical school education, but it was that that depth of knowledge was definitely. Um, it, it, I think it's an area that's going to be more 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 and more important for clinical practice, and it's something that I felt I lacked. So. That was a great book. You know, completely separately, I, I very much enjoyed *Sapiens*, um, which, which I think is is more of a, a cliche now, right? It's so popular. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this also changes on a on like a daily basis. I'm sure I'll read something next week and say, "Oh no, you should read this instead." I hope you enjoyed that episode. You can find all my links by going to bigpicturemedicine.co.uk, and if you've been enjoying the podcast, then please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you.